I don't wanna go to work. I just wanna chill and play all day. Look him dead in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with and without day jobs. We're so glad to be back after a year and we are looking forward to sharing even more inspiring stories as well as perspectives on surviving life in, during, around and now after a pandemic. And on that note, Josh, I got the bright idea today. I wanted to try something new and look up an inspirational quote about pursuing your dreams. Okay. So I picked this one. Um, It's the biggest adventure you can take is to live the life of your dreams. And I I like it only because (laughs) it speaks to poor people, right? Like, I don't have a lot of money, but I've had a good time. You've had a good time. Ironically, it's Oprah's quote. So... (laughs) Well, yeah. we might have to steal it because it kind of goes like along that. with our podcast. Yeah, theme, it's easy so. to say stuff like that, though, when you live in a mansion in Santa Barbara, <laughs> right? Totally, totally. How are you? How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was good. I am not going to jinx myself. I heard back from a job that ah. I would really, really, really love to have. I'm in the 25% of candidates. All right. Uh, I had to fill out some some questions. I did that. and. Wow. So this, everybody, is our last episode. Thank you for listening. No, it's not our last, but (laughs) I would really be happy if this could work out. But good for you. Good for you. I can't wait to hear more about it. You'll tell me offline. Yeah, maybe. I don't want to jinx myself. But what about you? Anything? I I actually had uh, just a perfectly consistently ironically shitty uh, job scenario play out today. The short of it is the acting world and roles are just hard to come by right now. Certainly comedy and stand up and performing. So I applied for a, a game show uh, that required one of the contestants to basically be lying and like acting, playing a role and trying to deceive the other, you know, so I got through the initial stages. I did the full interview. They loved everything I was saying, but right at the end, they were like, Oh, what is this? Your IMDB page. And I'm like, honestly, I haven't shot anything in a, in years and <laughs> most of that shit is bullshit anyway. And yeah, and they went through the whole thing and they're like, all right, well, we'll set up an interview with the producers tomorrow. And then they wrote me back and they're like, you're just too, that you have too many credits on IMDb. You're too, you're too well-known. I'm like, nobody knows me. You're what are you like, talking about? Believe me. I can't get an acting <laughs> job for the life of me. I can't even get this job. Like I can't, I'm like not known enough and I'm too known. Like are you, why wow. don't you guys just dig a hole and just throw me in it? So they're like, you were on the cover of the New York times. Sorry. Yeah. For five seconds. Yeah. Anyway, well, so that's that a good, was annoying. That's a good segue to our guest today. Yeah. So our guest today <laughs> um, is comedian and host Tom Kelly. And he is here because my husband shot him for a dad bod shoot for the New York Post. Uh, shot month. him with a camera. Yeah, shot him with a yeah. camera. Sorry. Wow. To be clear, given all the shootings going around, that's it's a good clarify. Who's weight, fatty? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, our show today is humor in a time of covid with Tom Kelly. Uh, welcome, Tom. Thank you guys for Tom's having me. I, uh, and by the way, how awesome is it? 
for me to be on the comeback show after you two figured out how to use Zoom one year too late. <laughs> well, yeah. that's one of the reasons we we took some time because Josh and I were tech. We couldn't do it. We like to pretend like it was strategic, but it was really just like technological idiocy. So like, like, like you got to understand when Brianna's husband was selling me on the podcast, she's like, they recorded at the comic strip, blah, blah, blah. But they had to shut down from the pandemic. And I'm like, they couldn't figure out how to hit record. On- <laughs> Josh, and I, Josh and I are still on Yahoo Messenger together. <laughs> and you ready for a sad one? They're shutting down yet another chunk of Yahoo. Uh, oh, no. Yahoo Answers. Yeah, I, I saw just heard that. about that. I did see that. Yes. Once called the dumbest place on the Internet. That's where this podcast thrives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if that if that hopefully gets us more listeners and we're fine with it being there. Let's go. That's great. Yeah. Well, with Q around, it's you know, it's not needed anymore. Right. There is now officially the dumbest place and it's got the president or an ex-president that backed it. So. Yeah, I don't know. At this point, uh, I, I've been going, you know, when you know something's going, you start going every day. Uh, and I, I had a, just a whole list of just people are asking, I'm 30, like there's like trolls in there. They're like, I'm 36. Is it OK for the, for me to date my 13 year old girlfriend? And then yeah. you can, people now now it's that you made the gross reaction. I know it's gross. You know, it's gross. There's a bunch of people responding as if it's real. Yeah. You know, this guy isn't trying to get a reaction. I mean, there there were better ones. I have a whole list of at the end of the podcast. If we have time, I'll give you a list. I don't want to eat into my time. No, Uh, don't uh, eat into your time. Yahoo Answers is a treasure. And two people still using Yahoo Messenger, which, by the way, also shut down three years ago. (laughs) Oh, so that's so so that that's why you you have an answer. I never (laughs) get answered, Brianna. What the fuck, man? Oh, my God. Listen, listen, I think it's important. Sorry, real quick, just for Tom, because honestly, Tom, I'm sitting here thinking, like, how could I do the rundown of like who Tom Kelly is? And like, I think it's just best to like just give us the full running like resume, because it's really literally not just comedian. It's comedian, host, Host. uh, news reporter at times, uh, radio uh, guy, guy, a podcaster, audience warm up. I mean, you just you just summed it up when you talked about why you didn't get the last job guy who's just famous enough to not get anything good. <laughs> so, not are you, are, are, wait, would you call yourself a kind of guy that people go, I, I feel like I know you, but uh, really, yes. And no. so, I mean, so just so the audience uh, figures out why uh, they're listening to this with me. Uh, I'm a stand-up comic best known for warming up TV shows. Uh, I had a very long tenure at the view on ABC. Right. I left there to go to good morning America, uh, at good morning America. I have been doing their special events for 13 years. So I've opened for the Jonas brothers, 20,000 people. Uh, I've done like Taylor Swift three times or I've opened for her. I haven't actually done Taylor Swift, but you get what I'm saying. People, Pardon yes. my bad grammar, Swift family. That feels dirty, but you get what I'm saying <laughs> anyway. And then I listen, I've done Radio City, 7,000 people wow. uh, uh, for when I was opening for America's Got Talent when they were in New York. I've done the $100,000 Pyramid with Michael Strahan, which is one of my favorite uh, filming experiences in New York City. Just did the Misery Index with the Impractical Jokers and Jamila Jamil. Mm-hmm. And now I am happy to be doing a podcast with three of, with the two of you. Uh, that's so that's you know, a career elevation. Right yeah. yeah. And, and Tom, so those jobs that you have as an audience warmer upper or whatever yeah. that 
there's like a pool of people that are, but a like, small they, pool. Yeah, like a small pool, right? No, it depends on who you talk to. I used to think it was a tight circle. I, I think the the circle is sort of breaking down as some of the older guys in it are getting out. I think it's a job you take on the way up and it's a job you take on the way down. And <laughs> which one are you right now? Are you, I, I think it was a very short in between. Is the problem. <laughs> it was a very Thinking. short time at the pinnacle of the career. No, but, yeah, but let's I mean, be honest. There's a lot of there's not a lot. I mean, it was you. It was like, you know, Mercurio. There was Ryan. Who's at, he's at the Colbert, right? Yeah. Colbert, and Colbert, then, yeah. And then Rachel Ray. Like, there's only well, so listen, many shows I, that shoot here. To, to your point, Josh, there are more jobs hosting television shows than warming them up. If you count the number of hosting jobs, if you counted the view as four, you know, right. hosts, if you counted Good Morning America as four. And at one point, if you counted the Chew as four, I had I had a ratio at one point. I had played with the math and done the math that there was uh, there was three hosting jobs for every one warm up job or something like that. If you did the and again, I'm bad with the math and I and we could do the whole numbers later. But I was right. including a bunch of panel shows. And, and Ryan and Ryan, what's his name, has most of those hosting jobs. No, he only has one. I think I'm he kidding, has. Uh, but, oh, Ryan Secret. Oh, Ryan Secret. Oh, oh, that Ryan. That Ryan. Sorry. Reese is a workhorse. Reese has done daytime and nighttime stuff. Right. Uh, at one point, I was the workhorse for the last two years. And then uh, Good Morning America expanded their hours and I had to drop it. Right. Uh, at one point, if you know, I mean, I had a couple of great months where I was the warm up guy in New York City. Uh, the guy who's the standard is the guy who's at uh, Rachel Ray. He's arguably the Folgers or Starbucks coffee of warm up comedians. A guy, right. Joey Cola. He's Cola. been right. years. Arguably, he has invented. I don't want to say he invented, but he's a big force. He and how he did his work at Rosie O'Donnell was a big inspiration of how this work was done for daytime. Uh, I'm very heavily influenced by him and uh, Rosie O'Donnell, who was a uh, a patron of my career. Uh, I remember her on VH1 back in the day. That's how I, I watched comedy as a kid. I got into yeah. it. Okay, yeah. you look too young to remember that. Really? Oh, I used to oh, watch yeah. All I had growing up for comedy was the HBO specials, the Rodney Dangerfield, you know, Seinfeld, all those guys that he brought on his specials. SNL. Uh, S SNL, but that wasn't stand-up. Eddie Murphy specials, obviously, Bill Cosby. And then VH1 had the show that came out. And Rosie O'Donnell was wasn't also. Fugle, I watched Fugel Sang was on there, too. John Fugel Sang. Wait, has he been around that long? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Fugel Sang is one of the, he's the next guy coming up for 30 years. He, but he he's brilliant. Like he just says really, really smart, and, funny things. Yeah, I don't dispute it. And admire. Yeah. I don't dispute yeah. it. Actually, wait, and when wait. So before we keep going, I want to I, I just we're here to talk about dreamers. And I feel like Tom and Josh have very similar dreams. So I want to talk to you, Tom. What is your dream job? So. It's changed. So you talk about Josh was talking about comedy influences. My family did not have cable when we were kids. So my comedy influences were even smaller. Uh, it wasn't that we were poor. That Where we did you grow cable. up? I grew up in Brooklyn, born in Brooklyn, raised in Massapequa, Long Island. Oh. And when we went out to Long Island, the, my mother's approach was you're rich now. What do you mean? Why? I'd ask, why don't we have cable like the other kids? And she'd be like, your life is a vacation. You put your whining. You have grass. Shut it's up. A boomer. That's and, a boomer answer. Yeah. Uh, no, and it's not just a boomer answer is uh, the only I always like to say the only thing worse than growing up poor is being raised by people who actually grew up poor. And, you know, they have 
the money, but they just won't spend it. That was my parents. And they were right about certain things and not, but that's a whole other issue. But my dream job is my own show. And the problem is as I get older, that definition changes. I would have loved to have been Letterman. You know, that was the dream job at one point. Uh, Then the job was, oh, I'll do something like Fallon or Conan, Uh, you know, the, you know, and I had that in college. I had a cable access talk show with a desk and guest, you know, and music people walked in and out. Uh, And now in this age of, I'm probably getting back to what I've been good at with my Tom Kelly podcast. First plug slugged in. Uh, <laughs> I have spent years working in women's television. I have spent years reading self-help books. I am a comedian who has done try who thinks he can manage other people's lives better than his own. And that's what my podcast has become. And I'm wondering if that's the answer is uh, uh, part Dr. Phil, part comedian, uh, you know, part Jimmy Fallon, part Oprah. I don't know. Uh, so I'm trying to find my voice. And I think, you know, I think I was so shattered by portions of the pandemic uh, that I was shattered not just by the pandemic, but my life before the pandemic. I was doing so well as a warm-up comedian. I stopped dreaming for a while. Right. Uh, you know, you I, didn't want to be an actor. You've always wanted to be Tom I, Kelly. I want to be Tom Kelly. I'm, okay. I'm good at it for better and worse. I can't remember lines. Uh, not or I don't want to. Just in case anybody important's listening from Drunk Shakespeare, um, <laughs> I'm brilliant in the moment. My gift as a comedian is making moments happen. Uh, See, I think, Josh, you're more actor. I think I feel like you're really good at like being like the actor. I'm not saying you're not a bad, good comedian, but I really feel like you're you can memorize drunk Shakespeare. I don't even know how you do it. And now let me drop. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Josh's stalker bomb. Number one, <laughs> I've gone to drunk Shakespeare at least twice. And the third time I was so poop faced, it didn't matter. But not just you, Josh, but your fellow performers over the years. Yeah. You know, you're I, I am totally fascinated with how you can remember not just lines, but high art, you know, <laughs> high art that on which civilization and literature are built <laughs> and then make drunken. Let's do a shot jokes. Yeah, drink yeah. and drink while you're doing it. I would be a hot mess. See, yeah. I never believe that you really drink. I mean, I personally, because my track in the show didn't drink, but they absolutely went. They rotated. There was a drinking schedule, and those guys drank and they drank hard. And uh, it's it, it. They, you know, I've tried to understand it from their perspective. They say it's kind of like when you're out at a bar and you're just drinking and having a great time. You don't even realize it, and then it, you crash later kind of thing so it's like you're in the moment you just go and the adrenaline's pumping but they lean into it and they do some crazy shit but it's yeah. you know so josh um, you would yeah. like to have your own show like um who's the guy from snl who has his own show now that's oh. been for years uh keenan like Keenan, michael Che yeah. has one yeah like, like yeah what a sitcom yeah, I mean, like he, I, I would rather have a sitcom. I'd rather Michael Che has more of a sketch show. Uh, Keenan has like the sitcom. I, I even wrote my own one uh, for myself, um, you know, to star in, you know, like I, I, that's how I always saw myself. Listen, here's the thing about dreams right now. And if there's any good thing that's come out of the pandemic, and one of my slogans about the Tom Kelly show podcast is we're trying to take 2020 lemons and turn it into 2021 lemonade. And it sounds trite, but it is. Listen, there are lessons and good things that could come out of the pandemic. One that I was uh, getting to before was 
I relaxed. It was the first time I took a vacation because, right. you know, when you're a comedian, if you're not chasing and if you're not hustling, you wonder, are you missing opportunities? Right. And when you I say vacation, that. Tom, did, did, are you saying like a mental vacation? Like you I let shut yourself? down. Like, yes. I, I, listen, I, and I, I mean, we'll, we'll hop out. I mean, I'll hop. I'm on the brink of starting five different stories, but I was blessed. I was working five different jobs. I was ghostwriting for morning radio shows without getting too into that working for a company, <laughs> iHeartMedia. Um, I worked at Good Morning America. I worked at Good Morning America 3. I was doing stand-up-ish a little bit on my own. And then I was doing well-paying corporate auctioneering work. And if you had talked to me in January of 2020 and said, Tom, four of those five jobs are going to fire you, the radio job was the one I thought that would fire me, not the other four. And boom, they were all gone. Uh, I got laid off. In fact, Good Morning America, they were so good about the pandemic they closed down a week before everybody else uh, because while, while Bloomberg was saying, everybody go to the theater. It's okay. Like Bloomberg, who was a friggin' idiot over this, uh, wow. saying, everybody buy two theater tickets because uh, we might have to shut down next week while the tourism's down. No, you're spreading it, you idiot. <laughs> anyway, uh, while Bloomberg was doing that, Good Morning America and the bosses there, God bless them, were smart enough to shut down. But my joke was, you're looking at the least essential non-essential worker in New York City. <laughs> I was laid off before all the other comedians, all the other shows. They laid me off on a Tuesday. They stopped paying on a Wednesday. Wow. And, and I'm okay with that. That's my contract. That was my deal. Uh, but my identity starts getting ripped away. And I needed the break. I needed the break. I yeah. honestly had said, a friend of mine made fun of me a week, a week. That Sunday, I had said to a friend, I need the impeachment trial to go three weeks or I need the uh, pandemic to go for a month. I need a month off. And I didn't want to have someone else subbing in for me. That's what comedians do. Because listen, I'm not on stage tonight. Somebody else is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was so nice to have the world shut down and have that pressure. And everything I tried to do vacation wise, 90% of it got shut down. But I actually went out to Long Island, spent time with my parents. I know I will treasure yeah. A chunk of that time. I just. Oh, yeah, because people like me, my family's in Ohio. I haven't seen some of them in two years at this point. So, so yeah. And I have worked very hard. And I heard the beautiful story about your mom and your daughter uh, from your husband about how they reunited. They were buddies and they get they get teary eyed when they see each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. And the, the damage this has done for me, for all of us. But anyway, I needed a break and I got it. And my, I'm, I am just afraid, just as afraid of the world reopening as I am of it staying closed mm-hmm. and wow. getting into what's my dream show. Here's what we have all learned. As I people. just want to say, echo the, all of what you're saying to a T all of it, the fear of opening, yeah. the fear of not opening the needing a break, like just from a per- performer standpoint, shit, I needed it so bad, but now I'm also kind of freaking out of like, what's next. Wait, yeah, Tom, I, you were going to tell us what you were doing. You started, you said the dreams here. And then oh, you were like, let me tell you what I'm doing <laughs> or something. Oh, so, yeah. So what I'm doing is listen, I'm doing, uh, I started this, po- the podcast that I'm doing now, the Tom Kelly show podcast started as a wedding podcast a year ago in March. I was, uh, the gimmick was I owned a website. I hate weddings.com. My partner, uh, who I was doing it with, was so a celebrity crazy. wedding planner named Mikey Russo. And in the end, uh, we were really just encouraging super spreader events. It felt icky. <laughs> uh, Mikey went into doing, um, 
like more of a life planning home. Like he has a home goods and decor sort of a thing called made by Michael Russo. There's fancy words for what he does. Anyway, he went into that and me, I took the podcast and rebranded it as a solo self-help podcast, but through the failed podcast with him, I learned how to work this podcasting equipment and wound up getting a job working with virtual audiences at Tamron Hall. And I'm going backwards with this. Uh, there's a book that everybody should read. It's a, a self-help pamphlet that everybody in a point of transition needs to read. It's called U Squared. You Either like you the letter? Or yeah. Y-O-U. Y-O-U. So it's Y-O-U and then squared like math with okay. the two up high. And the gimmick of the book, it's written by a guy, Price Pritchett. It's a pamphlet. It's a $10 pamphlet. I actually bought five and was giving it out as gifts to my nephews in 2019. It's Price Pritchett's pamphlet. Is this what you're saying? Well, this pamphlet <laughs> is about, it's, a, it's by some sort of a corporate life coach guy. And there's, the book is about, if you don't know what the destination is, wander. Mm. Is, a, is the gimmick and the gimmick and the best part of the book that I could quote for you is uh, there's a story about a country fly. It's in, in a house and it's trying to break through the window. It's trying to break through this glass window pane and the fly is wasting its precious few remaining minutes of life trying to break through this window. And the fly could have lived a great life outside if only it were smart enough to go back a little bit wander around and go outside and the door was open. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. And if you like what you hear, we promise you'll like what you taste. You have got to try Mr. Bing's Chili Crisps. They are sweet, savory, spicy, crunchy, and crispy all at the same time. And they are literally the best condiment to add to any food like eggs or pizza, tacos, or even on a salad. I like to cook with the Chili Crisps and you can even add them to a bowl of ice cream. So make an order today and use our special jobs below discount code. Just go to mr-bing.com. That's mr mr-bing.com and put in the code jobs below for a spicy 10% discount on your next order. Thanks so much. And now back to the episode. Wander with the intent of doing new things and not just wander, do new things that may go nowhere. I did a podcast that I thought would go nowhere. And you're right. Arguably, if you look at my numbers, uh, my podcast has gone nowhere. But it taught me a job skill and has made me blank amount of money. You know, is that a Let's clarify that for you because you keep bringing up the podcast and the podcast is great. But I mean, I've seen some a lot of your other clips you're really the consummate host i i really feel like this podcast if that goes somewhere for you and you're the top five on itunes like great right but also you're just great with a mic and live and people and backstage and abc and i'm watching this stuff going that's actually kind of like the kind of comedian host i want to be i want to work for one of these stations and networks and have a show where i'm just kind of like almost like man on the street and you do that naturally so well Our friend Ryan Reese gave me a deep interview for uh, a project he's working on on warm up comedians. And he has a great line. He's like, Tom, what makes you a great warm up comedian? And I'm like, "Uh, I'm great at this because this isn't what I want to do. I'm aiming much higher. No. And I mean that for real. Listen, 
Right. You, sir, I mean, you drunk Shakespeare. Listen, <laughs> let's let's own it. It's drunk Shakespeare. Right. But, and it's brilliant. It's reviewed highly in every newspaper ever. But at one point, you probably wanted to do Shakespeare. And if not you, your castmates that I met did. Right. They what I wanted to do, what they they wanted to do more. Yes. Like heavy on the Shakespeare. Yeah. I always came at it from the stand up perspective i wanted to infuse more of you know comedy improv you know and obviously as it became more successful it started to become like you know harder to experiment you know we still did it but just less percentage of the time but yeah i hear what you're saying like the, listen, there was I mean, people had other ambitions within listen, the realm I, of what I dream for this podcast is i'm joe Ro- like and you know there's the old line that you, your, your mom tells you when you're a kid Shoot for the stars, you'll land on the moon, kid. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Tom, let me ask you, what took you, what moved you from doing the stand-up circuit to getting into these opportunities where you were doing the audience warm-ups? Like, I, I well, want to understand. It's a good gig for a Yeah, no, and I want to understand for Josh, who has, to- has to- told on these Listen, stages. Like, like I said, there's, right. there's 20 jobs hosting shows and only five warm-ups in New York. Right. Uh, I got lucky. Uh, I, I mean, uh, and all of my luck is a 20 year overnight success story. I was an assistant at Rosie O'Donnell's old talk show. Mm-hmm. Did you know Suzanne Bass? Very well. Yeah, I know Suzanne. Everybody knows Suzanne. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know Suzanne, just to clarify. I met her when she was at that show, but anyway, okay. go ahead. We will talk more about her in a minute. Suzanne Bass is magical. And Suzanne Bass was actually one of my influences. Uh, Suzanne wow. Bass, uh, who is now one of the executive producers at Wendy, Wendy Williams. And I've asked her to come on this podcast, so now I'm going to tell her we talked about her anyway. Yeah, <laughs> drop my name and she'll say, I am not slumming it with you, kid. <laughs> Uh, no, but Suzanne Bass actually gave me a couple of great lines that I used every now and again. One was loud and proud. Suzanne Bass, when ca- she was a human interest producer and she would find contestants for games or real people from the line and she would just walk into a room and own it. And except for the fact that you were at a TV show, you would almost want to punch her, you know, <laughs> or get into a fist fight with her. And she, but she was magical. And you, I actually try to channel that magic when I'm doing my thing. Uh, sometimes Suzanne was magical in that. And long story short, um, I worked at Rosie. Rosie ended in 02, right after 9-11. I could not find work. I started doing stand up full speed mm-hmm. and I was doing a web TV show about quitting comedy to be a male mermaid in the wiki watching mermaid <laughs> show down in Florida. And while doing a web TV show about quitting comedy is when I got the call that my, uh, my mentor Jeanette Barber told Rosie O'Donnell that I was alive and that Rosie O'Donnell was going to the view for the first time. And wow. that Rosie, the, they needed a warm up comedian and Rosie through Jeanette had recommended me to a man named Bill Getty. The I job- know, Bill. I sent him my tape to be one of the view uh, co-hosts at there one point. <laughs> yeah, and and the job was supposed to last two weeks. I moved my stuff back up from Florida into my parents' house. I didn't even unpack some of the boxes because I was sure I was going back down to be a merman. Right. You didn't and- quit the merman job just in case. No, I'll right. show you the background later. I, I know this is an audio podcast. I'll- that's thing number two on our list of things to do. Um, but yeah, and it was in that moment of kind of giving up when things started to come together. And then you hit this point where 
uh, I'm really fucking good. Uh, I just am. And you and and, I, and before I get even too cocky about being really good, I'm also really earnest. And what my podcast is about, which I eventually got to get back to more of the funny is right. it's about me digesting and trying to apply it because you're right. Listen, I was a no name comedian. OK, about to uh, move to Florida. I met a girl. She was she was cute. She wore a bikini to work every day. I was ready to marry her. Hi. And that's when I got the call because somebody randomly something out of my control. Right. A connection I gave up on for four years in a row. See, Josh, uh, this is going to happen for you. Yeah. It's, it's now, and, or maybe it won't, Josh. And there's an, listen, I also know a lot of other people who weren't this blessed, uh, you know, and there's right, something to be right. said about letting go, working on something you care about. Right. And maybe it'll find well, you. Well, that's and, the control you were saying. I don't know if we were offline talking about this, the Jesus or the proverbial Jesus. It's yeah, like with Jesus you got you got to let go. Right. I mean, and just work on what you love. Maybe that's what Danny boy was talking about with the follow your passions and the money mm. comes and, yeah. and maybe you get a chance. But there is you got to admit there is some there's a little bit of ass kissing, a little bit of networking. I know Yamanika Sanders, who I used to perform with all the time. She's saying she can't do the networking. You're saying you hated doing the networking and the hanging out. There's a little bit of all of it, but well, I think at the I'm end, gonna, you got to let go, right? I'll tell you what was great during a pandemic, and it's great during this age of podcasting, is maybe, just maybe, because you and I came up in the club system, uh, we're almost like we have our own comedian form of body or comedian dysmorphia, right. that we, we have to think that, Oh, my gosh. If uh, Donnie Zoldan at Stand Up New York doesn't like me, I'm never going to go anywhere. And I love Donnie Zoldan and he does love me. And he got me the New York Post article that was, you know, if I say Richie at the strip, God rest his soul, didn't like me. I'm never going to go anywhere. And Richie would say, listen, I have passed at the strip three times and uh, have gotten the Richie. You I passed a strip. I used to be somebody's speech four times, you know, where you would with Richie and he would tell you about the 80s and the glory days of comedy. Uh, those conversations were the And best. then he would say, and all you have to do, kid, is at the table and wait your moment. And right. that having that in my head drove me nuts. Or another one, I'm going to comedy clubs now and I'm spending hours that I used to spend trying to make a quantum leap, trying to sell this podcast to somebody big or send right. it to somebody big. I'm now trying to get $50 spots again. Yeah. You know, is that distracting me? $25 spots. You and I were just talking before the show about a club that doesn't even pay me. And, I'm, <laughs> and I go there and there's no working microphone. You start to question if you're good enough. Maybe part of this dude is but, I need stand up to. I know I need stand up. I think stand up is a dead end job. How about that? Uh, here's something for a show that was produced out of the comic strip. I don't know if you're going back there or not, yeah. but this is a good thing to put at the end of the show. Stand up is a fucking dead art in its old forms. The club right. system is semi dead. Uh, how many clubs went out of business while comedy was still booming on TikTok? It was still booming on YouTube. Uh, you know, now I still think the clubs have value. I desperately need them for my work to be good at the TV show stuff. But even right. daytime TV right now, you know, ta- you know, I work at Tamron Hall. She has a TV show. Guess what? You and I can press a button and stream and have this same damn conversation on Instagram. Well, and also, do you feel like young people who would normally go to those clubs you know, to perform are now finding their outlets through social media and TikTok and I think in various ways that they don't need the stage. You don't need the stage yet. You need the stage. Like, listen, right. Emo the Prince, a man with a million followers on TikTok was asking me for advice on breaking into comedy. And my advice was don't. 
you know, yeah. my advice was, dude, you either do your own stand up shows. Like I introduced him to Gladys if he wanted stage time. Uh, um, and I'm like, what's before? It? Yeah, who called before? You know, like I inv- I introduced him to a couple of comedy show runners, but I'm like, I think that might have shifted his self worth if he had done the comedy shows right. first. Well, it's interesting because uh, we could have a whole other hour conversation about that. But you know, what's interesting about both of those points of view is the the audience laughter, right? So I always had the struggle with that. Is like if you're doing comedy at home, you're not getting the instant gratification of the laugh, right? Mm-hmm. But on the same respect, if we're talking about produced comedy to watch, if you watch like the Seller show that was on the Comedy uh, Central, right? I mean, not every one of those laughs is authentic laughs. There is a little bit of like, you know, supplemental laughter being added in, you know? So there is something to be said. If you have, you know, so a good couple minutes or if you just have a funny thing, you could really kind of create and cultivate your own comedy show on TikTok or any of these platforms without ever stepping on stage. I kind of agree with you. If that okay. if that guy wanted to do stand up, I would say don't do it. Also, if you have a million How followers on TikTok, can we own, run with that. Can we know? own our agents for a minute. How old are you? I'm I'll be 44 in a week. Right. Um, we're the same age. We came up at the same time. And yeah. uh, Brianna looks 22, but I'm assuming you're close to our age. No, mm-hmm. I'm I'm 49. Wow, even yeah, hotter. that still makes me fall off my fucking chair every time. She wow, says that. Brian married well. That's <laughs> without sounding creepy. I'm still taller than you, so. <laughs> no, well, but- I, I want to. I want to just make sure that we hit some of these questions for the show. And one of them that oh. I wanted to ask was um, my whole close but no cigar. No cigar. Close but no so cigar. Have you? Yeah. So have you come? To, was there a point in your career where you got really close to something? And then it fell away for some reason. Mine is I met Matt Lauer. He invited me to the Today Show. Right. We talked about this. Right. So close. So close. I would argue. Yes and no. Uh, I would argue my whole career is close. But no, (laughs) No, my whole career is I could go head to head with you in a different way. And again, it's it's perspective shifting here. Uh, But my career has been celebrating people a step or two ahead of me. Uh, Like every time they would have a comedian on The View, I'd swallow my pride and celebrate that it's that person's turn. Let's make that person's turn great, even though a little part of me was jealous. Uh, I would argue that stand up comedy or warm up comedy in particular is almost like being at the zoo and having a little glass wall and you're you're watching other people live your dreams right? Mm-hmm. while you're on the other side with the crowd. Yeah. You know, or, well, you, or the you know what? broken loose. Well, you, you know, know, it's funny when I did stand up the first time in 98, I was working at Fox and Sue Costello got her show. Brilliant. And, woman. and her. I just remember though, the excitement around launching that show and it crashed and burned. And I'm just like, where is Sue Costello? I mean, you know, and uh, I think got an Oscar nomination, so don't feel bad for her. She did. She no. She was in the movie, the the boxing movie about Boston boxers. She's fine. Oh, okay. Because I just always thought it must suck to like get that moment, have your own show, and it bombs, and then what's next? Right. So I'm supposed to tell a worse job story, right? Right. Yes. And then and then we're gonna have to wrap. Good. We can wrap it. I'm going to get her on the horn here for this. Uh, the worst job story. Let's make it that. I, I don't okay. know if I ever had a true worst job story, except for you're right. Handing out flyers to promote comedy shows. 
is probably one I forget about. And uh, for those of you who are new to the stand-up scene, uh, stand-up comedy back in the early 2000s had almost a tier of a ladder, you a, a prescribed ladder right. you had to climb up. And again, this is before the internet. You would do the open mic nights. That was your, like, again, when you talk about right. skipping the line, the first spot on the line was open mic nights. You paid money to get on stage to perform. Step two of the ladder was uh, bringer shows where you would bring 10 friends and get on stage and you would hope the booker would discover you. I don't know anybody who truly got discovered that way, but that was the thing they'd tell you. And the third step before you started getting discovered was handing out flyers in front of the club. And that was big in Times Square. Uh, and Home parking, it still happens at clubs all, all over the country. And a woman who did it most humanely, and I, and I jokingly call her the Mo Green of comedy in New York, <laughs> because she, I think she invent, I don't think she invented barking, but she's the first one I know who did it after the boom where she could get people in. Right. Uh, and she would only make you bark for an hour. And if you got five people in, you got to perform. Yeah. And she put out like everybody on the show was just good enough to be a barker. And the shows were actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and it a was lot of famous people hour. now started. I mean, Gaffigan went through that. Yamanika Sanders went through that. I, I mean, performed with people. Gaffigan, too. I don't there want to name go. drop, but it did. No, yeah. but a lot of people came through her her room yeah. a lot. And listen, Gladys, and I always love it. Whenever you meet this woman, Gladys, she always talks about the successful people right. who did her room and right. went. Always. She never talks about the people who did her room and wound up homeless. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but my worst, mo well, I would argue one of my worst moments handing out flyers in Times Square was I got into a shoving fight with a mime once. Uh, there was another time uh, the guy got mad. He was mad. I was yelling on his corner while he was trying to focus and he jumped off his crate and started shoving me. And he was a mime in a clown costume. And, and, and I did have a moment of clarity. While uh, I don't want to say I could have taken him. Tom, I think I think you're just lucky that it, this was before the cartoon characters and those uh, oh, people yeah. started and dressing before, in the. This is before the Mickey Mouses and all that. And yeah. that guy might be there now in a Mickey Mouse costume. That's a great thought. <laughs> uh, and I but I had this moment while he was there in his mime slash clown costume. I'm like, one of two things is going to happen here. <laughs> I'm either going to be the guy who kicks a clown's ass or I'm going to be the guy who gets his ass kicked by a clown. And clown uh, nightmares. Your, your roommate's like, how was the show tonight? I crushed. Oh, you did well on stage. No, I bombed on stage, but I kicked the oh. shit out of a mime. Oh, but you, if you think about it, if I let, if I did not deescalate, and I think this is a lesson for people in life too, that has nothing to do with what we've talked about today, but what was there to win? Was I like, if, if I, let's say, let's say I did get into the fight with him and I beat him up. Well, that guy's so fucked up. He, he got into a fight with a clown, <laughs> you know, well, like uh, new material. Hey, yeah. Right like now. you dude. were mining for new material. And it's done. And the episode walks itself <laughs> into the finish line with Brianna making the punniest joke ever. I love it. I Tom, thank it. you so much for coming on our podcast. It was an honor to be not just on your show, but uh, to be on your rebranding, relaunching. And I uh, uh, am glad to be here. <laughs>
Did Say I promote it. my podcast? We will. No, Let's, you need no. to give your give your guys. Social. Tom has a podcast that you, you didn't really know. should hear about. Um, Tom, why don't you tell us what the social uh, the social oh, handles oh, are? Actually, all kidding aside, if you guys want to follow me, listen. Some of you guys don't have time to listen to another podcast. I got it. Uh, why don't you just take a little morsel of me? at Tom Kelly show on Instagram or we're we're in 180 characters or less. I know you could do more than 180 characters, but I keep it real. I'm an OG yeah. uh, on Twitter. Tom Kelly show uh, for the single women out there. I am Tom Kelly show on match.com. I am Tom <laughs> Kelly show on the league. I am Tom Kelly show on Bumble. Uh, for those of you in agrarian cultures, I'm also Tom Kelly show on FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> OnlyFans, you have an OnlyFans, only fans, Kelly yeah. show. Yes, but I only have one person following me, so technically it's an OnlyFan. It's Josh. <laughs> Very it's nice. Josh. It's me. What about YouTube? Because that's where I watched a lot of your Actually, stuff. YouTube is a great one, and I don't know yeah. why I'm not doing well there. I th- you know, the problem, th- which we could talk about off air, is I think I've now spread people out too far where the algorithms aren't lighting me on fire. But I'm on YouTube as Tom Kelly show, and there's a lot. There's a there's a nice body of work there if you feel like digging. Well, go, and Tom, what's the are website? You, wait, Sorry. are you regularly on Z100? No, but I write for them every night. So if you want to plant a story, I write. Actually, I don't even write for them. I write. Elvis doesn't mind me saying I write a subscription Elvis subscribes to. And basically, Elvis is my fairy godmother of my radio career because he reads what I write. And because he's kind to me, other people at iHeart find me desirable. <laughs> like having a really hot ex. Look. When right. shows come back, when when the talk shows come back, you know, go see them. Maybe you'll see Tom warming up the crowd. Definitely check out the website. It's a link to all of the different channels that he has, the Tom Kelly Show. I am going to be calling Tom once a week for advice and uh, and uh, inspiration. Or the Pritchard, don't forget the Pritchard pamphlet. Pritchard pamphlet. Like, how great would that be? Nobody listens to my podcast, but sales go through the roof. <laughs> the pamphlet. Are you really Pritchard? Are you really Prince? What's his name? Oh, Price, Pritchard. Price Pritchard. Price Pritchard. You're going to love the guy. The guy. Here's the funny thing about this Price Pritchard. He's like kind of just like he's in that book. If you like James Altucher, uh, he's the guy James Altucher has based his bullshit on. But right did up. he pick pickled peppers? <laughs> Price <laughs> Pritchard. <laughs> All right. Brianna, give your social. Uh, we're at jobsbelowpodcast.com. We're Dot at com. jobs. We're at jobsbelowpodcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yes, we and are. Josh, what about you? I am at Mr. Josh Hyman, M-R-J-O-S-H-H-Y-M-A-N on everything. Um, thanks so much, everybody. Tom, we'll catch you soon, my man. Thank you. Thank you again, guys. I'm in my 30s and said, I'm at that age now where I've given up on the idea of having my own kids and I'm now more excited about being a stepdad than a real dad. <laughs> Do we have any step right? Do we have any step parents here? I think being a stepdad is an awesome job. You've got three parents to pay the bills and if the kid's ugly, not your fault. <laughs> that, that also works if the kid's an idiot too. <laughs> You go to parent-teacher conference day and the teacher's like, Mr. Kelly, your kid has the worst grades in class. And you're like, yeah, takes after his real dad. (laughs) 